It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. I have only one part for you today. This will be a mini pod to preview our penultimate match of the season, which is against Bologna, so let's get right into it. Bologna come into this match sitting 9th in the table, tied with Torino and Fiorentina on 50 points. Bologna have been a difficult opponent, particularly in the second half of the season. Since match day 24, they've taken points away from each of the other Sette Sorelle, They beat Inter 1-0, tied Lazio 0-0, beat Atalanta 2-0, tied Milan 1-1, tied Juventus 1-1, and tied Roma 0-0. For what it's worth, they also beat Fiorentina 2-1 on match day 21. Much of the credit for those results has to go to Thiago Motta for turning the season around. He took over for the late Siniza Mihailovic, who failed to win any of his first five matches. Now, it did not start so well for Mota either. He didn't win any of his first four matches in charge, including three losses, but then he started to get some results. As I mentioned last episode, Mota is one of the five or six coaches who I see as realistic options to replace Luciano Spalletti, should he leave Napoli. The consensus in the media is certainly that Spalletti's time at Napoli is winding to a close. This will be our fifth match against Motta since he started coaching in Serie A back in 2019. He only lasted 10 matches with Genoa in the middle of the 2019-20 season, but he did manage a 0-0 draw against Carlo Ancelotti's Napoli during that period, 
we probably have to take that result with a grain of salt because it was in the middle of an eight-match winless run that ultimately ended Ancelotti's time at Napoli. Then we didn't play against Motta until last season when his Spezia side beat us 1-0. That was during the rough patch in December and early January where we won only one match in six, including losses to Empoli and Spezia. That was also the match that we managed to lose without conceding a single shot on target. The lone goal was an own goal from Juan Jesus. So we didn't win our first two matches against Thiago Mota's teams, but we did win the following two. The first was a 3-0 win on the final match day of last season. Matteo Politano, Piotr Zielinski, and Diego Deme, of all people, scored in that one. All three goals were scored in the opening 36 minutes. We probably can't read too much into that result either, though. There was nothing at stake for either team. Napoli were guaranteed to finish third in the table, and Spezia had already guaranteed their survival. Perhaps Spezia would have done well to keep Mota because heading into this round, with only two rounds remaining... They were only one point clear of Hellas Verona in the final relegation position. Instead, Motta moved to Bologna, who we beat 3-2 on match day 10. That was the game where we came from behind to take a 2-1 lead. Juan Jesus, the man who scored that own goal in the Spezia match, equalized before Chucky Lozano gave us the lead. Alex Meret conceded a very weak goal on a shot from distance by Musa Barrow which for many was confirmation that not replacing Meret in the summer could be the reason why we don't win the Scudetto this year. But Victor Osimen, who had missed the previous four league matches with a thigh injury, came off the bench to score the winner. So it's been a pretty tough go for us in these matches against Thiago Mota. Now, Mota will be without a couple of important players for this match. Adama Sumauro is out for the season with a ruptured patella, and Roberto Soriano is out for the season with an MCL injury. That shouldn't be too much of a problem for Mota, as he's played the last few rounds without both of those players anyways. He's also been without Giorgio Kiriokopoulos for the last few matches due to an intestinal virus. Meanwhile, Ricardo Orsolini will be suspended for this match after picking up two yellow cards against Cremonese last round. The second yellow was really unnecessary. Bologna were already up 4-0 when he lunged into a tackle on Johan Vasquez. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. Mota typically lines up in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Lukas Skorupski in goal. With Sumauro hurt, we should see John Lukumi and Kevin Bonifazi at center back. Likewise, with Kyriakopoulos out, we should see Andrea Cambiazzo at left-back and Stefan Posh is the preferred starter at right-back. Posh has been excellent for Bologna this season. Jerdy Schouten and Nicolas Dominguez should start in the double pivot. Musa Barrow should start on the left wing, and I think we'll see Nicolas Sansone start over the suspended Orsolini on the right wing. Louis Ferguson has been playing in the number 10 role with Soriano Hurt and Marco Arnautovic is back to playing at striker. For Napoli, it's really difficult to predict who is going to start in what are really meaningless games for us. I'm going to work off of three assumptions. First, I think Spalletti wants to spread the minutes around. Second, I think Spalletti is going to start his best 11 for the final match of the season, which is against Sampdoria at the Maradona. 
And third, I think Spalletti still wants to win these matches. So taken together, we should see a healthy amount of rotation in this match, but I don't think Spalletti will over-rotate his squad. And then, of course, we also need to factor in a couple of injuries. So with that in mind, I think we'll see our usual 4-3-3 formation, but I'm going to go with Pierluigi Golini over Alex Medet in goal. I think we'll see Amir Rachmani and Kim Minje at center back. Now, I don't think Spalletti would change both center backs, but I would not be surprised if he changed one of them. If he wants to rest Amir Rachmani for the final game, Rachmani, who just signed the four-year extension, then he could play Ostegard here. Alternatively, Kim is still on a yellow card suspension, so we could see him replaced by Juan Jesus. We know how much Spalletti loves Juan Jesus to ensure that Kim is not suspended for that final game against Sampdoria. Unfortunately, Mario Rui injured his right thigh in training on Saturday, which means he is done for the season. Who knows, he could even be done for Napoli. We'll see if he stays at Napoli this summer. Now, he does control his own destiny because his contract does not expire until 2025, but he turned 32 years old on Saturday. It's quite possible that Oliveira overtakes him as the starting left back, and if that happens, Mario Rui could seek a move to a club where he knows he is going to play more. Meanwhile, Giovanni Di Lorenzo will likely start at right back. In the midfield, I have Stanislav Lobotka playing as the Regista, with Tanguy Ndombele to his left and Andre Franck Zombongisa to his right now. We could definitely see Zielinski starting as the attacking midfielder, he is our preferred player in that role. And Ndombele suffered a blunt trauma in training on Friday, however, he completed the full training session on Saturday. Who knows, we could even see Gianluca Gaetano in that role after he scored his first goal for Napoli last round. Up top, I'm fairly confident that Kvicek Paraschelia and Victor Osimen will start. I'll explain why in a moment. The real question is who will start on the right wing? We know that Hirving Lozano is out for the season with a knee sprain. Matteo Politano also suffered a blunt trauma in training on Friday. I'm not quite sure if he collided with Ndombele or if they were isolated incidents. But Politano only did therapy on Saturday, which leads me to believe that he will not start on Sunday. Elif Elmas is suspended for yellow card accumulation, so that leaves Giacomo Raspadori and Alessio Zerbin as the remaining options at right wing. Now, Zerbin is probably the more natural right winger, but I'm going to go out on a limb and take Raspadori to start, in part because I think this is actually a great opportunity to test him out in that position. If he plays well, then maybe we need to consider him as a candidate for the starting role next season. So those are our starting lineups, next let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is that we need to find a way to motivate ourselves to win this match, which is actually true for both of these teams. At this point in the season, Neither of these clubs have a whole lot left to play for. Bologna have guaranteed survival, and they cannot qualify for any of the European Cups, so they're just kind of floating around in the middle of the table. However, as I mentioned at the top, they're tied with Torino and Fiorentina on points, so they will want to finish the season in the top half of the table. All three of those teams have tricky schedules after us, Bologna play against Lecce, who may or may not still be competing for survival, 
but they've been a tricky team for everyone this season. Torino absolutely hammered Spezia 4-0 on Saturday, which was really impressive considering that Spezia are competing for survival. Torino closed the season against Inter, but if Inter beat Atalanta on Saturday, they would have secured top 4 before the final round. Inter are winning 2-1 as I record this, so if they hold on for the win, they will probably rotate heavily against Torino to ensure that they are fit and to reduce the risk of injury ahead of their Champions League final against Manchester City on the 10th of June. Finally, Fiorentina earned an impressive come-from-behind victory against Roma on Saturday. Roma have been squarely focused on the Europa League of late, but they could still finish in the automatic Europa League positions. They even had an outside chance at Champions League qualification, but those chances dissipated with the loss to Fiorentina. Fiorentina closed the season with a match against Sassuolo, but that game is three days before the Conference League final, so Italiano will definitely rotate for that one. However, with those results on Saturday, Bologna will need a result against Napoli even more if they want to finish in the top half of the table. The other motivation for Bologna is this is their final home match of the season, so they'll want to give their home fans a good result, and who better to do it against than the league winners. For Napoli, it's going to be very difficult to motivate themselves for this match. This could definitely be a letdown match after the big win over Inter. I've mentioned this a few times now, but I can only see two motivating factors for Napoli. The first is that Napoli can still collect the most points in a season in club history. Maurizio Sadi's Napoli finished the 2017-18 season with 91 points. If we win our final two matches of the season, we would finish this season with 92 points. The other motivation is related to individual player accomplishments. Victor Osimhen is only three goals clear of Lautaro Martinez in the race for Capocannoniere. We saw how upset Osimhen was to be removed from the Inter match. The other player who is at risk of losing his scoring crown is Kvica Kvaraskelia. He's been stuck on 10 assists for a while now. His last assist was on match day 21 against Spezia, so he hasn't recorded a single assist in 15 rounds. That's allowed a number of players to close the gap, including Milan's Rafael Leao, Lazio's Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, Juventus's Filip Kostic, and Napoli's own Piotr Zielinski, who are all on 8 assists. Now, you can't help but wonder how many more goals Osimhen would have racked up and how many more assists Cavada would have racked up had Sedia been more competitive this season. My second key to the match is that we have to be careful with the press, and if we do press high, which I fully expect us to do, then we have to do it as a collective. Mota is a disciple of Jose Mourinho, and one of the tactics of Mourinho that Mota adapted is the way Bologna play out of the back. Lukas Skorupski is very involved in the build-up, it all starts with him. The central defenders will set up on the corners of the 6-yard box, and the fullbacks will set up very close to the touchline. That creates a very wide back line and really stretches the pitch. However, in my opinion, it's not terribly difficult to defend. If I were Spalletti, I would have my wingers take away the passing lanes to those fullbacks, I would have only Osimhen press the center backs, perhaps with the help of Zielinski, and I would have Ngisa and or Lobotka take away the short pass in the middle of the park. 
that would force Bologna to go long, and when that happens, I trust our defenders to step up and win the ball back, with Lobotka chasing the second ball. However, with Arnautovic, that will be a bit more difficult for our center backs. Also, we have to be mindful of Bologna's microtransitions. Mota likes to play the ball vertically, and they will look for the vertical pass on the ground to Arnautovic, and then he will look to flick the ball onto one of the pacier players like Musa Barrow, making a run in behind. My final key to the match is to take advantage of the wings and the channels. Mota likes to focus on the middle of the park in defense. He's happy to give up the wings, and we certainly have the players to get forward on the wings. But where I think we'll be especially effective is not just from the direct play of our wingers, but also from the interplay between our wingers and our fullbacks getting forward. And this is a reason why I'm actually hoping that Politano is fit to start. Oliveira and Cavada are still building chemistry on the left side, but if Politano starts, then we could be very dangerous on the right. Politano and Di Lorenzo have excellent chemistry, and I think they can cause problems with both the overlap and the underlap. Regardless of who starts though, the wingers and the fullbacks should look to pick out Osiman in the area with the cross. The man is hungry for goals, so we would be foolish not to feed him. Just as Bologna like to play the vertical ball, we should also feed Osiman with the vertical pass, both with long through balls into the channels and with long balls over the top. Bologna have been better defensively in the second half of the season, but their backline can still be vulnerable at times, so we can use Osiman to put some pressure on them. For my prediction, I am going to go with a 1-1 draw. I'll give the Napoli goal to Victor Osiman, and I'll give the Bologna goal to Marko Arnautovic. Of course, whenever I predict anything other than a Napoli victory, I hope I am wrong, but for me, everything seems to be pointing to Napoli dropping points here. I already mentioned Bologna's record against the clubs at the top of the table. The only one of those matches that was not played at the Renato Dallara was the win over Atalanta, but the other five of those six matches were played at home. Bologna is also coming off a big 5-1 victory over Cremonese, and it was a game in which Arnautovic scored his first goal in 2023. After a very strong first half of the season, 2023 has been very difficult for Arnautovic. He missed a lot of matches due to injury. He missed five matches with a muscle sprain, then he missed a match due to yellow card suspension, after that he missed a match with a hip injury, and then he missed six matches with a foot injury. Meanwhile, Napoli are coming off a big win over Inted, which ensured that Napoli have secured at least one victory against all of the other 19 Serie A clubs this season, but that could also mean that this will be a letdown match, so for those reasons, I am going to go with a draw. Okay, that is where I will leave it. I hope you enjoyed this preview. If you did, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating and or a review on your favorite podcast platform. As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5, and you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod. You can also support the pod by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Pod. It's entirely voluntary, there are no set tiers, but it does help me to continue to produce content both on the podcast and on our website at Press.com. 
I will be back next week to review this match and to preview our final match of the season, which is against Sampdoria. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre! Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.